0: I am unashamed. What about you? I just want y'all to know that, you know, as far as just brain power, I openly, emphatically, without any hesitation whatsoever, you two, <laughs> maybe it came through the training school at Ferry Road, they taught y'all, but you came out far, far more adept at Bible verses and reading them than me. I did notice, I said, we we're in the book of Mark. And the reason I think this is worthy of note, we just... Uh, if you'd like to. We just uh, went through a remembrance of Jesus of Galilee, Christmas. The world has been celebrating Not once in my just listening to the Cultures, what they had to say. No one has mentioned Jesus' eternal life is tied to him. They celebrate him for this, for that. They sell you all this stuff. We got the trees, the lights. People are out (laughs) hollering and running, and and they're saying it's a Mm. celebration. But I did not hear one individual say, We're doing this, remembering the one who can give us eternal life. If you look at Jesus, And don't embrace him so that you will have eternal life. You can believe anything you want to and get out there and a lot of that going on. But I'm just saying have y'all heard anyone raise his voice and say the reason we follow Jesus is because this far into our study of life itself and everything that's been written, this is the only guarantee I've found that says you will, if you follow me, you obey me, you will have eternal life. I just think somehow that message, simple as it is, but mighty profound, I just think that we don't take it seriously enough. Mankind, worldwide. A lot of celebration, but I'm not sure they're celebrating because they have eternal life guaranteed through Jesus.
1: Well, that was my valid,
0: lesson yesterday. I think it's a valid point.
1: John 17, three, now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you've sent. That's one of the
0: 80-something times it's mentioned in the Bible. When I got to reading those things, I said, you know, is there another way to get out of here alive? No, no, no one's ever had the proof or, the, or the, the language to even deal with it. Is it because they say there's no way? They know they're going to die, we're all gonna die. If there is no no Jesus, you get him out, you've you've lost everything, any kind of hope you could have ever had. It, it it's scary for me for looking at my fellow man. They they just dismiss him with that much riding on eternal life, you can live forever. So whatever people are getting out of these podcasts like this, don't ever forget. Mr. and Miss Audience, that we are discussing, if you have a better story than Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection, if you have a better story than that, well, fill us in on the details. But, you know, salt water made us, and there was a light explosion. Boom, they got the cosmos here. That's pretty weak, pretty lame. There's no incentive to live past it right now. So that's a little. That's just a little. You,
1: you come out. You come out of the New Year firing on all cylinders. Man. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, no, you know, to not even acknowledge
0: someone and lift him up because of the hope that he gives us. I mean, where are we going to get some other kind of hope that deals with these kind of matters? I know of none, J- uh, Al.
2: So I told Jay's dad that um, I watched during the holiday season. They had a um, on one of a fairly major networks. I got an email that said the chosen had like a special Christmas episode and it was called the messengers. And so I watched it and you talk about powerful. So the the setup was they had Mary in 48 AD. So now Jesus has been gone for, you know, 15 years and she's looking back. It's kind of one of those flashback episodes. And so, uh, you know, it was really amazing, uh, just watching her in that moment and kind of remembering it. And I'm telling you when, when she and Joseph, when, when, when the baby is born and they hold up this baby Jesus, I mean, I, I shed tears because I thought that's exactly how the Lord came here and chose to come here was as one of us. And it was powerful. So there's, there's a few sources out there, dad, you're, you're probably right. Not near enough, but. It, those guys did a fantastic job. If, if you hadn't, the audience hasn't seen that. You need to go back and watch. It's really, really. But good. they were
0: in the minority, weren't they? Most of it just Absolutely. spending money, Christmas trees, you know. But 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 you never get to why all this is going on. Any kind of remembrance, it needs to be be due to what what you just said. We need to we need Correct. to focus on that.
1: Well, you had an you had an epiphany, and you're right. I I had a similar kind of thought though is just from reading Mark. What's amazing to me is when you really look at who Jesus is and what he did, people were were fascinated by him. And you think of all the healings that he did and all the all the different uh miracles that happened. And in the short term, people would be amazed. But then like when you start, I, I was trying to look up some so I could quickly give them because the, these things stood out and I'm going to make your point
2: <clears throat>
1: so you remember in Mark 2 when he heals a paralytic and everybody's amazed and they're like wow I mean who who wouldn't admire and just looking at Jesus in general who wouldn't admire a story where there's you know a guy there's something wrong with his hand and and here comes a guy and makes it right so everybody's amazed in the short time they're like wow but when you get to, like, chapter 3, and the Pharisees are watching watching this happen, well, verse 6, you know, they're amazed at first, but then verse 6 says, then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. So all of a sudden, this thing takes a turn. And, and my point is, when people really look at Jesus, there's there's only one of two responses, ultimately. It's just overwhelming. I'm all in. He he's the savior. Or you you or you're like, no, I got to get. I, I can't. I got to get rid of him. Uh, i and so I think there's some truth in where, that. Where do you go? Because I think <laughs> get around. Me. I think in our society, what a lot of people do is just try to have the admiration in a comfortable setting, which. A lot of churches do where it's not real personal. And I think that would be actually worse than, than be, at least the enemy has looked at him and said, oh man, this is bigger than I anticipated. But just to give you a couple more examples. So, like in Mark 5, you had the guy, the famous guy, the Legion, who was, they had him chained up. I mean, he's a famous guy and he's hurting himself. No one could subdue him. You remember all that? Mm-hmm. So he he comes at the end of the day, and Jesus heals him, and he's sitting there. Uh, where's that verse where he says he was sitting there in his right mind? I'm looking this up. Yeah, in verse 15, when they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed in his right mind, and they were afraid. Well, you would think they would be, why would they be afraid? It reminds me of the other example when the disciples had the storm come up and they were, they were in fear. But then when Jesus calmed the storm, well, then it says they were terrified. So when you start looking at who really Jesus is in this power and how that it becomes personal, it, it scares you a, a bit. Yeah. And so I think people want to, kind of keep a distance because in with this situation of the healing of the demon-possessed man the next thing they do is tell him he needs to go verse 17 then the people began to plead with jesus to leave their region well you would think if you had this kind of power why wouldn't you want him in a deep personal way well the same thing happened in the next chapter in six i'm giving i guess a off the top of my head review. But it's the same thing happened. They they hear Jesus preach a sermon in his hometown, verse two or three, that it says, What wisdom has has been given him? And he even does miracles. So they're not denying the miracles, they're not denying the wisdom. Mm. They're all impressed. But then all of a sudden, they say, But isn't this the carpenter, Mary's son? And We know his brothers, and you see that last phrase in three, and they took offense at him, which is to my point. Every time you look at who Jesus really is, it leads you down a path of being in awe and the beauty of what he does, and then there's an offense. Look, that I'm proposing even happens in our own life because you realize I'm not going to be able to fake this I'm not going to be able to hoodwink. That Change will occur that may not be comfortable. It may cost me something. And so I think what you're describing, the reason I think people don't go to that end road of who Jesus is, eternity online, is because it's scary. It scares people.
0: I'll drink to
1: that. Bill's getting (laughs) off (laughs) Bill. So you're right, Jace.
2: (laughs) I think that that, that's a great uh, case for either or. There's no way to take a little bit of it and it be real. I mean, you're either in or you're not when it comes to Christianity. And so I I think that's a a great way of describing that. And you're going to see that quite a bit even this last night as you go through. yeah.
1: I think that's why sometimes when you're hearing a sermon and it's real and it makes you mad, it's a positive thing sometimes. Yep. you know it, you you realize man this is this is all up in my business here but but that's what realizing the gravity of who Jesus is it, it that should happen One on, on things, a constant yeah. basis.
0: It, 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 it is brought up in Mark. the first time it's mentioned is Mark chapter three. I tell you the truth, Jesus is talking. All the sins and blasphemies of men will be forgiven them. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. He's guilty of an eternal sin. He said this because they were saying he has an evil spirit. The very one that came down to save men and forgive their sins they were saying he has an evil spirit that according to jesus is is an eternal sin you 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 have to put your faith in me because i'm the only one who has the power to raise you from the dead so any way you look at it when you get down to the gospel message and him saying what he's going to do and the way they're reacting some with fear some with joy but you. At least I just listened over the last week the celebration of Jesus of Galilee. They just don't seem to ever get to the point of it all. Eternal life. Yeah. Eternal life, in my mind, is a big thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would say it's the biggest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because we all die. We all die. I'm 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 like, well
2: well, yeah the reason you don't see it is because they don't know it. I mean, it's like they know about it, so you get a you get some mention from time to time, but they don't really know it. If you don't know it, you don't know it. I mean, that's that's why you don't see it.
1: Well, that's why I think I would say most people have a favorable impression of Jesus if you just asked them that. It's hard for them to, to drum up something. Oh, well, well, when you read you read this and go even wrong? people who don't believe, they're like, well, you know, he, he was you know, he, he was. There's a reason that the chosen. If you look up on the uh, the worldly rating of the, uh, you know, they have a rating system one through ten on what you think of the movie or the show. Uh, what's that called? International database or movies? I think's what's called. Well, the chosen is like nine point three. I don't think I've ever seen a show over nine. Now, granted, you'd say, well, only the people watching the chosen. Love Jesus, so yeah. they're the ones gonna right. rate it. But usually these attack dogs out there, they it's like our little show. There's gonna be some people who don't like us that see that and put a one without even seeing it just because he's in it, you know. And Jace, if you look
0: at it, it is the biggest worldwide, in my opinion. It's the biggest celebration known to mankind. The celebration of Christmas.
1: Well, right, Jesus. I mean, well, my point is, Phil, everybody has a favorable impression, but when it when it gets personal and real, if you spend on a daily basis searching the Gospels to read about Jesus, do we need a break? Yeah, we need a break. If you if you put yourself specifically in the Gospels, which I think is the greatest New Year's resolution, is to read, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John on a daily basis because that should happen until you die. That's right. Because you're looking at, I mean, Jesus chose to reveal himself as a human, and we've got four accounts of it written down. And the more you monitor who Jesus is, the more your life's going to change for the better because that is the question. It it is always going to trigger an extreme response in your life.
0: Yeah, and right now, I'm 76 years old, and you say, so what'd you get out of the celebration of Jesus? I'm looking at it saying, eternal life, eternal life. I'm sitting here with a backache at eight o'clock in the morning down here in the middle of the woods. You said, well, what's on your mind this morning? Uh, That'd be eternal life. (laughs)
1: Yeah, <laughs> so, so you had a back. Just so everybody's along. So Phil had a back issue. He had surgery. We appreciated the person. We kind of celebrated because we're like, okay, he's healing. He's healed. He's he's back in business. But now we've had another encounter come up. Yeah, which is in a different spot, right? More pain down the backbone. More pain down the backbone. Crawling out of bed, you know. But I did
0: say, Lord, I said I would appreciate it if you took this away. I'm just saying, I believe you're there. I believe you're hearing me. Probably I need some suffering, but you're giving it to me. So... (laughs) But I'd rather you not, just so you understand. I'd rather. Yeah. So you. Were... I'm looking at at eternity, though. You don't have to. I mean, mm. I I, I I'll, I'll suck it up. I, but I. I think
1: I, it's a good I'm point. Way you to the end. When pain happens, our prayers have a lot more clarity. Yeah, don't, don't they? Tell me about it.
2: And intensity. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and the thing about it is, everybody out there, they know. I went over and over yesterday morning to a group I've never seen before. One little group of guys were from Chicago, Illinois, and some from way, way I didn't
1: even think you taught yesterday because of your back. So you were enduring the pain. I said, suck it up,
0: you know, preach the gospel, the pain or not. So I went on up there. But the bottom line is, one individual, I said, do any of y'all want to do what Jesus said? I said, when he gets at the end of Mark, he said, therefore, I've got all the power in heaven and on earth. Go preach the gospel. He that believes and is baptized and be saved. I said that that's. I said it's so simple, it's profound. Surely in this little group right here, there's one of you that has never understood this. I said, raise your hand if you didn't get it until now. After we've covered it, Jesus, his death, burial, resurrection, for the celebration of Christmas. That's what it's all about. It's all about eternal life. You're going to die, for crying out loud. This will save you from that. Well, let me try this. Then. And the man stepped up and said, I'm ready, and I want you to baptize him. I said, I will defer to old Burley, and I baptized him about 30, 40 years ago. I said, but he's the man to doing it because my back is hurting so much. I couldn't even get you down in the water and back up out of there. I said, so let's just turn it over to old Burley and we'll do that in a few minutes. We didn't wait till a few, two hours or a month later when there's a baptismal ceremony. We wanted, a man said, I want to obey the gospel. So we took him down there in the water. I stood there watching the whole thing, and he was baptized and went on his way rejoicing. I just felt great about it for the one man who said, I get it.
1: Yeah. Well, let me try this, because uh, I understand what you're saying. In John five, because I think the Al, if we ever get to Mark fourteen, this will this will help us. But I think in I think it's a good question you 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 brought up Phil. So John five twenty four is pretty pretty clear. He says Jesus said, "I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned." He has crossed over from death to life, which I think is your point.
0: That was my purpose of the whole
1: lesson. i tell you the truth. a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. Yep. Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good will rise to live, and those who have done evil will rise to be condemned. My point is, though, Phil, when people read that, that's scary. It's a lot easier in life not to think about these things.
0: You've heard of scaring the hell out of people? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is a good example. When you start reading about Jesus, you're saying, I think he's trying to scare the hell out of you and give you eternal life. I think that's what his goal is for you. And and it's free. And I told him, I said, it's free. Yeah. I don't want your money or anything like that. You're gonna get this free of charge. I've never seen a lot of you, first time I've ever met you in my life. They came from all over the country. You know, they were in there because of this podcast. But I was just letting them know what the main thing
1: is. We keep it right. the main thing. The well, main we tend life. to focus on who Jesus is and God's grace and love. That I mean we're we're in a in the section in Mark where he's literally fixed to give his life yeah. for humanity, which is the motivation. That's how God chose to reveal himself and redeem mankind. But there are consequences for for looking at Jesus and saying, no, like in each of those cases I read in, earlier in Mark, those, those people, that was too scary for them to realize a being that powerful and possibly supernatural and ultimately eternal. That's a scary thing for people to look at. Yeah. Maybe deep that's down, what it is, Jason. Oh, a- that's what it is. But But you gotta realize most people who talk about hell a lot have missed the grace of God. Hell is important to understand because it makes you appreciate God's love and mercy and sacrifice, yeah. but it is a real thing. I'm kind of in the uh, C.S. Lewis camp that he said that uh, hell was locked from the inside, which I agree. I, people that are going to wind up in hell, they're going to do it on their own accord.
0: And everybody knows, Jace, when you tell them. They're they're looking like, oh, here, and the fear starts creeping in when I say, look, we all are going to die. God has come down in flesh and died on a cross to remove our sins, and three days later, he showed us it can be done, being raised from the dead. Whatever happens, get on that.
1: But I'm saying people are a lot more comfortable if they don't think about that. They don't think about the consequences of that.
0: Yeah, so all of this talk at Christmas time and all the money. I don't want to
1: talk about eternal life. It, it Christmas there's...
0: has got to where it's a money making scheme, building all <laughs> yeah. these things and every kind of hatting on a man a shirt and shirts and that, and and it's all gathered around, you know. But even the worst of the worst seem like they, they at least gather up. And make some well, that's attempt. why
1: I said, because Jesus, people admire, you, you, there's not, you can't, you read this, he, he's, he's admirable. But if you want to make him life-changing, you're going to have to get in there and, and deal with the scary stuff. That's what I'm trying to get in, at. In, okay. in your life. And so when you start looking at standing before God and the consequences, because we all, I think we all agree that on Judgment Day, for those who are in Christ, you've already been judged you you it's more a sentencing to yep. live live forever yep but now for those who decided to reject god you know i'm not sure people get into all the different you know most people most scholars think that like hell fire is a symbolism but before you say oh okay well that's good but then they say it symbolizes something much worse yeah <laughs> you know eternal Condemnation, eternal uh, darkness being cut off from God, it, it's not something that people want to consider.
0: I just noticed that, that fellow was about 50, I would think, 45, 50, but you say, what stood out about him? He was shaking. He, he was shaking with, with fear, so... Uh, you know, he. he well, I'm saying he had that's a, a good ball, thing. Look, that's ball, a, that's a good thing every once in a while. life is just a yeah. step or two away. He's heard the gospel, and, and it, but he's he's trembling. He's
2: in the moment of was, laying down their life. was making him
0: tremble? What was making him tremble? He was happy, or he was just like you're talking about the fear of the Lord, and I don't know. He he he, he was he was.
2: You should should. be trembling if this is the moment you submit to Christ, you know, forever. So I think that's good. Let's take another break. You know, what's interesting is we talk a lot about the kingdom of God, not being one place or the church. The idea is that we're spread out everywhere. Wherever we are is where the kingdom of God is. So, so while you were doing that yesterday, dad, unbeknownst to you, I'm down here at the Southern Lair in in Alabama and a young lady, uh, had, you know, by faith submitted her life to Christ. And the only thing she hadn't done was be baptized. And so she asked if I would baptize her in my pool out back that happened to be heated because my grandkids are down here, you know, during the holiday break. And so I was like, yeah, I was like, come on. And so the same time that was going on with you in West Monroe, Another person was submit their life here in, in Alabama, and that's really what it's all about. I mean, it's yeah. a worldwide submission of our lives to Christ, and that's I our would role. hope
0: that would come out of our modern-day Christmas celebration. I just would hope that the message that we are speaking of is, "He loved God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. Whoever believes in Him won't perish, but have eternal life. I just think that uh, for some reason... That's not the weight of the argument at this point. Christmas, it's a gift giving and money making machine out there. That's what I, that's what it looked like to me. So I was just trying to remind the guy of it. He did move one out of the group. There's about 30 or 40 of them in there.
2: (laughs) All right. Well, that's good, Dad. Let's, uh, let's get to Mark 14. You ready, Jace? We've been kind of delaying getting here. I mean,
1: I, yeah, I think it was just a good discussion just because when you get to the situations of where Jesus has his I guess the easy uh the easy moments that we we see Jesus as like being human, which we know he's human, but like so when he has this prayer, you know, we talked about this before we started in Gethsemane And even when he was on the cross saying, my God, my God, you know, why have you forsaken me? Because a lot of people are like, well, I'm, you know, I'm not understanding why he's, he's Jesus. Why why is he having these moments, you know, where he's praying? And I think that's why the discussion we just had is a good one. Because when you think about Jesus being abandoned, because that being in Gethsemane, which is what we we talked about i guess the last podcast how? but we talked about the things around we kind of led that up to it right See, right cuz everybody's abandoned jesus i mean he, he predicts judas is going to betray and he does and you know peter who not not totally unlike judas but from a self-righteous point he's like i'll never disown you you know well, well he's being self-righteous but just as bad, because what did he do? Well, he denied him, just, just like Jesus predicted. And I think those responses were coming because they realized that if we're, same thing we've been talking about, if we're going to hang around this Jesus, he's going to get us killed. There, there's going to be a cost, and especially you see it with Judas. As long as he was profiting from Jesus, he was in. But the moment this thing got serious, and it was going to cost him something. He sold. He literally sold Jesus out. I think
0: Everything. Jesus, in, in lieu of uh, the larger discussion, you know about about what goes on during Christmas time, when the woman came up and poured that perfume over it, he, Jesus said an amazing thing. I tell you the truth. Wherever the gospel is preached, and it's still being preached out of here, you can bet on that. It's preached throughout the world what she has done will also be told in memory of her I mean that's that's what I'm trying to
1: well she had the right response and and to grace because she she under she was she saw a glimpse of what was fixed to happen here and it was God's grace Judas she, she got the did point not did not have that glimpse and even Peter in the short term did not. But that's why you have this parallel passage where Jesus said, you know, Satan has asked to sift you, Peter, like wheat. But I, I prayed for you. And after you turn back, I mean, he he had already he knew Peter's heart and he knew he was going to come back and he's already forgiven him. He and he, he got that glimpse of grace, which is what we went over in uh, John 21 the three times do you love me do you love me you know he reinstates peter he, he finally understood it but i think you're right in in this response of mary the the mary this we think this is the mary with the mary and martha she she showed something beautiful and and it should all be our response and i thought it's the opposite of judas's response and the person i thought about being the opposite of peter's response was remember the story we did out with the Gentile woman where Jesus seemingly called her a dog, you know, and I mean, he wasn't calling her a dog, but he was like saying, well, I mean, you're, it's not your time yet. And she didn't, she was not offended. She was like, yeah, I may be a dog, but I, if I can just get the crumbs, I, I want to be, you know, with you, I want to follow you. And she was humble enough, which was the exact opposite of Peter. Cause when Peter would not, admit that he was weak in this moment. I mean Jesus himself is saying, You're gonna deny me. Well instead of Peter saying, Oh, I am, what do I need to do about that? He said, I will never do that. I he had this self-righteous tone, which he
2: was proven to be false. It was actually it was actually pride, Jace. You know, a lot of times you say what leads a person to brokenness? In Peter's case it wasn't sin as much as it was pride. He thought he was strong enough to follow Jesus straight to the cross, but he wasn't. Exactly. But that's why, you know what, we didn't talk about this, but when when they had the
1: sort supper and, and Jesus has this new idea about what the Passover is going to mean from here on out, which hit his body and his blood being poured out so that we could all be passed over from God's judgment. I mean, it, it's incredible. But, you know, when he predicts that someone's going to betray him, I think it's interesting that they all had a discussion about is it them? They all said is it me? It, it it shows you that deep down they they weren't as confident as you might think. I mean, that's what it says. They it says they all
0: discussed Well, you you're, oh. you're talking to you're talking to a substantially large population and you point them to Jesus, him dying and being raised from the dead eternal life is riding on it so you're telling somebody that and he says he laughs and he says no no i don't believe i don't believe in jesus i said so what do you believe in what's going to happen when you die and he basically says i said how's salt water going to help you there when you're dead are you going to die uh yeah i'm going to die so you're going to put tell me that I'm going to believe in salt water that, that's not going to be able to raise me from the dead, as far as I can tell. It would be in a person, in his name with Jesus. But, but you got salt water as, as what made you. But can it save you at the end of the day? You're going to die. You're going to die. And, and, but you have absolutely no hope. At least consider that there's eternal life here Waiting on you, if you want it. I mean, I just, to me, it's just hard to believe more people wouldn't say, you know what? So what if, if we did come from death? It's certainly not going to save me a raise from the dead. No, there's no no
2: help there. What What do it, you say, Dad? Who's Who's got the better story? Who's got the better story? Let's take another break.
1: You brought up that uh, Mark fourteen. There's a line in here we didn't really discuss, but when Jesus you know, took up for and said, leave her alone, I mean, here she's wasted this very expensive jar because she got it. that He was fixed to die for the world. He said, the poor, verse 7, you'll always have with you, and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. And I love this just simple sentence of what Jesus described. He said, she did what she could which, I mean, that, that's just little statement packs a punch in, in this moment. Because a lot of people, they have all these excuses or they have all these uh, you know grand ideas about what you could do with this huge sum of money and you could sell all that. And he just simply said, as a response of her heart, she did what she could. And he, he liked that.
0: She had something of worth. To mankind at least, sweet smelling perfume. And she said, I, I I'm all in. I'm saying because he was he's 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 the head of the eternal life. I mean that's yeah.
1: I think though if everybody asked themselves that question in response to Jesus, because there's always excuses, yep. there's always grand ideas, and you say, Why don't you do what you can? And you have a good point, have a moment with yourself on what you could do for Jesus. I guarantee you, you'll come up with a, with a
0: lot of you things. You give him all that you have, you're, you're yeah. basically saying, I believe that you died for him, and I believe you can raise me from the dead. You've proven mm-hmm. that. Here,
1: that's you need some. But she, what I'm saying though is, it's like Peter was saying, look, I'll die for you. I'll, he was coming up with all these grand ideas, but she did something simple that was extravagant that but it was real it, it was happening you know saying you're gonna do all this and coming up with a plan and sitting around in a room and but to come out there and do that took a lot of courage and a lot of humility at the same time which i i just like how he summed that phrase up with what she did
2: you know don't you think that applies to jason a big way to people that think well you know I don't have your gift of this, that, or the other, and I can't do the grand things in Christianity. And so they think, you know, they have nothing to offer. But one thing you see from Jesus is when you offer, he's like, I recognize it. Yeah.
0: No matter how small it seems to mankind.
1: Yeah, that's why I brought that's that's why
2: I brought small up something large don't matter.
1: That's why I brought up that demon possessed man. I mean, you would think a guy that terrorizing and that beat up and scary and He's sitting, sitting there in his right mind with clothes on because, you know, he was he wouldn't he wouldn't wear, whether it was because he was insane or just, be you know, a lack of self-control. He wouldn't wear, wear clothes. I mean, there's just something beautiful about that scene. But then there's something so frustrating that because of that, that power that Jesus showed that they're like, can you leave? Can you will you move? move out of here? I, I I don't know. It's just baffling to me. And I think there's something in that for us that there there's a fear that comes about when you're seeing this kind of action. I mean, I guarantee you, if you're at an assembly and you saw this type of affection given to Jesus in this moment and without really knowing the details, we would... Probably be like the disciples and be somewhat offended. We would say, "No, wait a minute here. This is what she thinks she is. What part I mean. of the church."
0: Uh, uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, that's why we made the point that when she let her hair down, that was in their culture kind of like a romantic issue, you know. But I mean, she was taking that and wiping his feet which was a, you know, there was nothing sinister about it whatsoever. I mean, because Jesus said she did a beautiful thing. But for those on looking, you know, it just, it was uncomfortable. And uh, that's why I said, Phil, back to your point, that as long as you keep Jesus as just something you occasionally admire, and that's not in a power to to move mountains in your life, you you stay comfortable. I mean, I really think that was the evil one's intent the whole time is to, Make people as comfortable as possible because they become ineffective and unproductive when they're in that state.
2: But what she was doing, though, you think about it, she was offering the same thing we see when people join their lives together. We talk about a lot of times Christianity being sort of the big picture of what a marriage looks like. And that's the closest thing we can see to illustrate it. She was saying that my body, my soul and my spirit belong to you. And in that moment, that's what that showed. And so I I think that's That's exactly what we do. You know, that's who we are. Yeah. Let's take our last break.
1: So to lead us up to where we were, uh, I think, because what happens in Mark is he'll tell these stories within a story. And so when he talks about Peter saying that he wouldn't disown him, then he comes back to when he did disown Jesus. So we did that in the last podcast, but we skipped over the prayer in the garden and, and telling them to watch, which, by the way, mirrors what happened in Mark 13 when Jesus went into the signs that the not one stone would be left on another and these predictions about the Jerusalem would be destroyed. Well you remember when he got down to the end of that in chapter 13, uh in verse 32 through 37. You remember what he said in 37? What I what I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. You know, don't be asleep at the post. This temple's going down. Jesus is ascending to the right hand of God. Uh and even the implications of their death and Jesus coming back, I think, are involved in this. But you be you be ready, you watch. Well then when he he gets to Gethsemane and the prayer, it's like he takes on that thought again, because and I'll read it in verse 32. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And I mentioned this earlier because people are like, why, why is Jesus be, being like this? Which we'll discuss. He said to them, stay here and keep watch, which is like all of a sudden in between the prediction about what would happen to the temple, you had this outpouring of worship from the woman. You had the prediction Uh, that Judas would betray. You have the Lord's Supper. You have the prediction with Peter's denial. And now he brings this up about them keeping watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if it possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And one of the other... uh, Gospels Al, you probably know said that he was so moved that he actually, you know, angels attended him and he sweated out blood because he was in such agony. Right? You yeah, remember where that was? The, yeah, that's
2: in the Luke twenty-two, uh thirty-nine through fifty-three uh version. Luke mentions that, and we don't get that here, but that tells you again how deeply Right. emotional and moving this moment is
1: and i actually looked up if that was possible to you know what people said about it and they all said there's a level of stress that can happen
2: they had a word you know it was about it's called hemat- hematohydrosis a very rare condition in which an individual sweats blood it may occur in an individual who is suffering from extreme levels of stress can you so- use
1: it in a sentence
2: barely (laughs) hematohydrosis
0: you are nailing it down to how big this event in fact was which was my point on saying if we're going to celebrate
1: give these stories no I was looking it up just because I thought you know I'm sure there's people out there that have said oh this wasn't possible but I was actually kind of surprised that everybody said oh yeah This, this, this is a thing which then I got sidetracked because it was in with all these controversial questions. And, uh, one of them that I went down a 45 minute rabbit trail on was, can you cry underwater? Do y'all know the answer to that? No, I don't. Al? No, I do not. (laughs) (laughs) You can't cry underwater. So I thought, well, there's another good case for being baptized. You can die there, but you can't cry there. So do the
2: math. Hey, and- I, I, I will say this James, before you finish reading this text. I didn't know that. That's good to know. Uh, is that Luke is it's interesting because Luke's, you know, his version includes this. He's the only one. And he is a physician. So. You know, it would have moved Luke, I think, as a physician to understand the stress well, of the that's moment. that's a good point.
1: So, that's a good point. Look, if I would have had a picture, because Missy came in, and I was studying last night, and she came in and asked me something. I can't remember what it was. But I when I looked up, I said, did you know that you can't cry underwater? If I could have taken a picture of her facial response in that moment. <laughs> she said, he's gone off the deep end. She just had a look that I just hadn't seen. I mean, I don't, it was, I'm not sure if it was good or bad, really, but I thought, dang, I wish I'd have had a picture of that. It was more like bewilderment, I think. So sorry, I got, (laughs) I got off there. So in 37, he says, Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, Are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? which is what I told you, it's like Mark is very clever because he had already said, because I think you start realizing that he's making these these great predictions about what's going to happen and the temple is going to be destroyed. He's like, y'all keep watch. I mean, because there's going to be rumors and all these things. And of course, they're like, oh, we got it. We got it. Well, then a chapter later, they can't even, I mean, here Jesus is fixing to, Die for the world. This is the crescendo moment of the scheme of redemption. It's fixing to happen, and they can't stay awake. I mean, it's, it's where we got the phrase, asleep at the post. They are literally asleep at the post, which is why they're all going to desert him. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Once more, he went away and prayed the same thing when he came back. He again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting enough? The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. So what I was going to make the point was you really see how he was alone in this moment. I mean, his mind, he knew what was fixed to go down, but he can't even, they're not even, they're over asleep. They're going to, the
0: spirit is willing, but the body is weak.
1: Yeah. So I was going to bring up three things on why I thought uh, Jesus sweat blood and why he's asking for another way. And these three things I think you're going to see mirrored in uh, Peter's sermon fast forward to Acts chapter 2 there's three things he said that I think are profound about when Jesus came back from the dead but and he, he says that Jesus was not abandoned to the grave that he uh he was freed from the agony of death and that his body didn't see decay it so was when you say for death to keep its hold on him so my point though is the reason he he You gotta remember he he took on our sins. He those three days of the burial, I would I would interject that he visited hell for us. He he experienced the punishment on what was due us. And he did it abandoned, agonizing, and being dead. I mean just in eternity for us is riding on the whole thing yeah so i'm saying the weight of that would lead to i think this kind of serious moment i mean that you just think you're the you're the creator of the world you're eternal and you're gonna be abandoned by you know jesus my nap peter yeah all everybody's gonna fall and even god himself the father in this moment to redeem us that those were the abandoned. the the there's something evidently agonizing about death that's why nobody really wants to deal with it and they don't want to even you know it said it freed him from the agony of death not the as he was dying but just being dead is evidently agonizing that's why i was State.
0: stressing eternal life is riding on it
1: so what do you think al
2: No, I think that's good. And I think we need to flesh that out a little more in our overtime segment because uh, we're out of time uh, for this uh, Unashamed podcast. If you want to follow us over, it's blazetv.com slash unashamed uh, to not only get our bonus uh, overtime segment, but also everything uh, that Blaze has to offer, including all of Dad's episodes of In the Woods with Phil. So follow us over. We'll flesh this out a little bit more and keep moving through this uh, passion uh, week and night of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection